chapter forty four part two of supplements to the fourth book from the world as will and idea volume three by arthur schopenhauer translated by r b haldane and j kemp this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter forty four the metaphysics of the love of the sexes part two let us now set about the more thorough investigation of the matter egoism is so deeply rooted a quality of all individuals in general that in order to rouse the activity of an individual being egoistical ends are the only ones upon which we can count with certainty certainly the species has an earlier closer and greater claim upon the individual than the perishable individuality itself yet when the individual has to act and even make sacrifices for the continuance and quality of the species the importance of the matter cannot be made so comprehensible to his intellect which is calculated merely with regard to individual ends as to have its proportionate effect therefore in such a case nature can only attain its ends by implanting a certain illusion in the individual on account of which that which is only a good for the species appears to him as a good for himself so that when he serves the species he imagines he is serving himself in which process a mere chimera which vanishes immediately afterwards floats before him and takes the place of a real thing as a motive this illusion is instinct in the great majority of cases this is to be regarded as the sense of the species which presents what is of benefit to it to the will since however the will has here become individual it must be so deluded that it apprehends through the sense of the individual what the sense of the species presents to it thus imagines it is following individual ends while in truth it is pursuing ends which are merely general taking this word in its strictest sense the external phenomenon of instinct we can best observe in the brutes where its role is most important but it is in ourselves alone that we arrive at a knowledge of its internal process as of everything internal now it is certainly supposed that man has almost no instinct at any rate only this that the newborn babe seeks for and seizes the breast of its mother but in fact we have a very definite distinct and complicated instinct that of the selection of another individual for the satisfaction of the sexual impulse a selection which is so fine so serious and so arbitrary with this satisfaction in itself that is so far as it is a sensual pleasure resting upon a pressing want of the individual the beauty or ugliness of the other individual has nothing to do thus the regard for this which is yet pursued with such ardour together with the careful selection which springs from it is evidently connected not with the chooser himself although he imagines it is so but with the true end that which is to be produced which is to receive the type of the species as purely and correctly as possible through a thousand physical accidents and moral aberrations there arise a great variety of deteriorations of the human form yet its true type in all its parts is always again established and this takes place under the guidance of the sense of beauty which always directs the sexual impulse and without which this sinks to the level of a disgusting necessity accordingly in the first place every one will decidedly prefer and eagerly desire the most beautiful individuals that is those in whom the character of the species is most purely impressed 
but secondly each one will specially regard as beautiful in another individual those perfections which he himself lacks nay even those imperfections which are the opposite of his own hence for example little men love big women fair persons like dark etc etc the delusive ecstasy which seizes a man at the sight of a woman whose beauty is suited to him and pictures to him a union with her as the highest good is just the sense of the species which recognizing the distinctly expressed stamp of the same desires to perpetuate it with this individual upon this decided inclination to beauty depends the maintenance of the type of the species hence it acts with such great power we shall examine specially further on the considerations which it follows thus what guides man here is really an instinct which is directed to doing the best for the species while the man himself imagines that he only seeks the heightening of his own pleasure in fact we have in this an instructive lesson concerning the inner nature of all instinct which as here almost always sets the individual in motion for the good of the species for clearly the pains with which an insect seeks out a particular flower or fruit or dung or flesh or as in the case of the ichneumonidae the larva of another insect in order to deposit its eggs there only and to attain this end shrinks neither from trouble nor danger is thoroughly analogous to the pains with which for his sexual satisfaction a man carefully chooses a woman with definite qualities which appeal to him individually and strives so eagerly after her that in order to attain this end he often sacrifices his own happiness in life contrary to all reason by a foolish marriage by love affairs which cost him wealth honour and life even by crimes such as adultery or rape all merely in order to serve the species in the most efficient way although at the cost of the individual in accordance with the will of nature which is everywhere sovereign instinct in fact is always an act which seems to be in accordance with the conception of an end and yet is entirely without such a conception nature implants it wherever the acting individual is incapable of understanding the end or would be unwilling to pursue it therefore as a rule it is given only to the brutes and indeed especially to the lowest of them which have least understanding but almost only in the case we are here considering it is also given to man who certainly could understand the end but would not pursue it with the necessary ardour that is even at the expense of his individual welfare thus here as in the case of all instinct the truth assumes the form of an illusion in order to act upon the will it is a voluptuous illusion which leads the man to believe he will find a greater pleasure in the arms of a woman whose beauty appeals to him than in those of any other or which indeed exclusively directed to a single individual firmly convinces him that the possession of her will ensure him excessive happiness therefore he imagines he is taking trouble and making sacrifices for his own pleasure while he does so merely for the maintenance of the regular type of the species or else a quite special individuality which can only come from these parents is to attain to existence the character of instinct is here so perfectly present thus an action which seems to be in accordance with the conception of an end and yet is entirely without such a conception that he who is drawn by that illusion often abhors the end which alone guides it procreation and would like to hinder it thus it is in the case of almost all illicit love affairs in accordance with the character of the matter which has been explained every lover will experience a marvellous disillusion after the pleasure he has at last attained and will wonder that what was so longingly desired accomplishes nothing more than every other sexual satisfaction 
so that he does not see himself much benefited by it that wish was related to all his other wishes as the species is related to the individual thus as the infinite to the finite the satisfaction on the other hand is really only for the benefit of the species and thus does not come within the consciousness of the individual who inspired by the will of the species here served an end with every kind of sacrifice which was not his own end at all hence then every lover after the ultimate consummation of the great work finds himself cheated for the illusion has vanished by means of which the individual was here the dupe of the species accordingly plato very happily says idoni apanton alizonestaton that is voluptas omlum maxime vaniloqua but all this reflects light on the instincts and mechanical tendencies of the brutes they also are without doubt involved in a kind of illusion which deceives them with the prospect of their own pleasure while they work so laboriously and with so much self-denial for the species the bird builds its nest the insect seeks the only suitable place for its eggs or even hunts for prey which unsuited for its own enjoyment must be laid beside the eggs as food for the future larvae the bees the wasps the ants apply themselves to their skilful dwellings in highly complicated economy they are all guided with certainty by an illusion which conceals the service of the species under the mask of an egotistical end this is probably the only way to comprehend the inner or subjective process that lies at the foundation of the manifestations of instinct outwardly however or objectively we find in those creatures which are to a large extent governed by instinct especially in insects a preponderance of the ganglion system that is the subjective nervous system over the objective or cerebral system from which we must conclude that they are moved not so much by objective proper apprehension as by subjective ideas exciting desire which arise from the influence of the ganglion system upon the brain and accordingly by a kind of illusion and this will be the physiological process in the case of all instinct for the sake of illustration i will mention as another example of instinct in the human species although a weak one the capricious appetite of women who are pregnant it seems to arise from the fact that the nourishment of the embryo sometimes requires a special or definite modification of the blood which flows to it upon which the food which produces such a modification at once presents itself to the pregnant woman as an object of ardent longing thus here also an illusion arises accordingly woman has one instinct more than man and the ganglion system is also much more developed in the woman that man has fewer instincts than the brutes and that even these few can be easily led astray may be explained from the great preponderance of the brain in his case the sense of beauty which instinctively guides the selection for the satisfaction of sexual passion is led astray when it degenerates into the tendency to pederasty analogous to the fact that the blue-bottle musca vomitoria instead of depositing its eggs according to instinct in putrefying flesh lays them in the blossom of the arum dracunculus deceived by the cadaverous smell of this plant now that an instinct entirely directed to that which is to be produced lies at the foundation of all sexual love will receive complete confirmation from the fuller analysis of it which we cannot therefore avoid first of all we have to remark here that by nature man is inclined to inconstancy in love woman to constancy the love of the man sinks perceptibly from the moment it has obtained satisfaction almost every other woman charms him more than the one he already possesses he longs for variety 
the love of the woman on the other hand increases just from that moment this is a consequence of the aim of nature which is directed to the maintenance and therefore to the greatest possible increase of the species the man can easily beget over a hundred children a year the woman on the contrary with however many men can yet only bring one child a year into the world leaving twin births out of account therefore the man always looks about after other women the woman again sticks firmly to the one man for nature moves her instinctively and without reflection to retain the nourisher and protector of the future offspring accordingly faithfulness in marriage is with the man artificial with the woman it is natural and thus adultery on the part of the woman is much less pardonable than on the part of the man both objectively on account of the consequences and also subjectively on account of its unnaturalness but in order to be thorough and gain full conviction that the pleasure in the other sex however objective it may seem to us is yet merely disguised instinct that is sense of the species which strives to maintain its type we must investigate more fully the considerations which guide us in this pleasure and enter into the details of this rarely as these details which will have to be mentioned here may have figured in a philosophical work before these considerations divide themselves into those which directly concern the type of the species that is beauty those which are concerned with physical qualities and lastly those which are merely relative which arise from the requisite correction or neutralization of the one-sided qualities and abnormities of the two individuals by each other we shall go through them one by one the first consideration which guides our choice and inclination is age in general we accept the age from the years when menstruation begins to those when it ceases yet we give the decided preference to the period from the eighteenth to the twenty-eighth year outside of those years on the other hand no woman can attract us an old woman that is one who no longer menstruates excites our aversion youth without beauty has still always attraction beauty without youth has none clearly the unconscious end which guides us here is the possibility of reproduction in general therefore every individual loses attraction for the opposite sex in proportion as he or she is removed from the fittest period for begetting or conceiving the second consideration is that of health acute diseases only temporarily disturb us chronic diseases or cachexia repel us because they are transmitted to the child the third consideration is the skeleton because it is the basis of the type of the species next to age and disease nothing repels us so much as a deformed figure even the most beautiful face cannot atone for it on the contrary even the ugliest face when accompanied by a straight figure is unquestionably preferred further we feel every disproportion of the skeleton most strongly for example a stunted dumpy short-boned figure and many such also a halting gait where it is not the result of an extraneous accident on the other hand a strikingly beautiful figure can make up for all defects it enchants us here also comes in the great value which all attach to the smallness of the feet it depends upon the fact that they are an essential characteristic of the species for no man has the tarsus and the metatarsus taken together so small as man which accords with his upright walk he is a plantigrade accordingly jesus sirach also says in twenty six twenty three according to the revised translation by kraus a woman with a straight figure and beautiful feet is like columns of gold in sockets of silver the teeth also are important
because they are essential for nourishment and quite specially hereditary the fourth consideration is a certain fullness of flesh thus a predominance of the vegetative function of plasticity because this promises abundant nourishment for the fetus hence great leanness repels us in a striking degree a full female bosom exerts an exceptional charm upon the male sex because standing in direct connection with the female functions of propagation it promises abundant nourishment to the newborn child on the other hand excessively fat women excite our disgust the cause is that this indicates atrophy of the uterus thus barrenness which is not known by the head but by instinct the last consideration of all is the beauty of the face here also before everything else the bones are considered therefore we look principally for a beautiful nose and a short turned-up nose spoils everything a slight inclination of the nose downwards or upwards has decided the happiness in life of innumerable maidens and rightly so for it concerns the type of the species a small mouth by means of small maxillae is very essential as specifically characteristic of the human countenance as distinguished from the muzzle of the brutes a receding or as it were cut-away chin is especially disagreeable because mentum promenulum is an excessive characteristic of our species finally comes a regard for beautiful eyes and forehead it is connected with the psychical qualities especially the intellectual which are inherited from the mother the unconscious considerations which on the other hand the inclination of women follows naturally cannot be so exactly assigned in general the following may be asserted they give the preference to the age from thirty to thirty-five years especially over that of youths who yet really present the height of human beauty the reason is that they are not guided by taste but by instinct which recognizes in the age named the acme of reproductive power in general they look less to beauty especially of the face it is as if they took it upon themselves alone to impart this to the child they are principally won by the strength of the man and the courage which is connected with this for these promise the production of stronger children and also a brave protector for them every physical defect of the man every divergence from the type may with regard to the child be removed by the woman in reproduction through the fact that she herself is blameless in these respects or even exceeds in the opposite direction only those qualities of the man have to be accepted which are peculiar to his sex and which therefore the mother cannot give to the child such are the manly structure of the skeleton broad shoulders slender hips straight bones muscular power courage beard etc hence it arises that women often love ugly men but never an unmanly man because they cannot neutralize his defects the second class of the considerations which lie at the foundation of sexual love are those which regard psychical qualities here we shall find that the woman is throughout attracted by the qualities of the heart or character in the man as those which are inherited from the father the woman is won especially by firmness of will decision and courage and perhaps also by honesty and good-heartedness on the other hand intellectual gifts exercise no direct and instinctive power over her just because they are not inherited from the father want of understanding does a man no harm with women indeed extraordinary mental endowment or even genius might sooner influence them unfavourably as an abnormity hence one often sees an ugly stupid and coarse fellow get the better of a cultured able and amiable man with women 
also marriages from love are sometimes consummated between natures which are mentally very different for example the man is rough powerful and stupid the woman tenderly sensitive delicately thoughtful cultured aesthetic etc or the man is a genius and learned the woman a goose sic visum veneri qui placet impares formas atque animos subyuga aenea saevo mitere cum yoco the reason is that here quite other considerations than the intellectual predominate those of instinct End of chapter 44, part 2. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.